Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 55 of our 120-day Upper Room prayer campaign. And today we're going to pray, Lord, help our unbelief that we might be fully persuaded. I believe that much of the time God is left waiting for us to be fully persuaded because everything in our faith comes by faith. And so today, as I prayed for the Lord to reveal to me what it was that he would have me say, he spoke very clearly that it is time for them to be fully persuaded. You see, the Lord had given me a message several years ago to deliver with great revelation about being fully persuaded. And it was such an encouragement to many who had been given a promise, but had not yet seen it come to fruition. And it was great revelation for those who had been struggling to grab hold of biblical salvation because that they did not have a foundation of true faith. And so today, my friend, I want to give you that message, that word, that encouragement, that direction, that we might search our heart and reflect upon ourselves and ask the question, are we fully persuaded? We're going to start today and our opening passage will be in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. And I would ask you this morning, are you fully persuaded? You know, we have a lot of scenarios with people when you're witnessing when you're ministering to people you'll come to people and they'll tell you oh I tried that Christianity it didn't work for me I couldn't do it and I don't want to try again and mess up and hurt God's heart I don't think I can do it well they haven't come to the realization yet that they couldn't do it but more importantly they haven't come to the realization yet that they need to be fully persuaded that God can so if you were never truly fully persuaded that God can he never did And there are a lot of people in churches all over the world today sitting under preachers, under steeples, in pews that don't know that they're not saved and they never were because in their heart they were never fully persuaded. Romans 4, 17, we read, and of course this is about Abraham. And I'm going to just read it from the screen. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, talking to Abraham, of course, Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be as though they were. So God is a God that calls things that are not as though they were. Abraham was not able to bear children. But yet God gave him a promise that he would. And in Abraham's faith, from that moment on, he was fully persuaded that he would be the father not only of a son, but of many nations. He believed in something impossible, something that was not, but would be. There are promises, there are situations, and there are times in our lives when God's going to tell us something absolutely impossible. One of the first times as a Christian you're going to hear that is when he tells you, I can save you, that you can be free from the bondage of sin. You can walk in faith. You can walk in the gifts and callings that God has placed on your life. And you're going to say it's not possible. You might even say, I tried it before. But we've got to come to that place where Abraham was, where even though he was not yet, he was fully persuaded that he could be, if God said so. Continuing on. Who against all hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, 
according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't even consider the fact that he was a hundred years old or that his wife was about the same. It wasn't even a thought. He didn't consider the fact that it was physically impossible for God to achieve this promise. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He gave God glory for something that was impossible for him to do. He didn't stagger. He gave him glory. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. He was able to give God glory in a situation that was dead because he was fully persuaded that whatever God said, he was able to do it, which means he was fully persuaded that he was God. And that's where we doubt. A lot of times we really don't give him the credit as God because we think this is impossible. My loved one can't be saved. They're too far gone. I can't be saved. I've done too much wicked. This relationship can't be restored. That person can't be healed. People don't raise from the dead. If you don't believe in the power of God to do anything, that whatever he promises, he is able to perform, you don't have Abraham's faith. And what I'm about to show you is that it, you're required to have Abraham's faith for salvation. We look at Abraham and we think of him as a man of great faith. He is listed throughout scripture as one of the men of greatest faith in all of scripture. But the reality is, is that if we don't have Abraham's faith, we're not even saved. Because he believed that whatever God told him, he was able to do. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Uh-oh, how did that happen? This is the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you were supposed to have to go do sacrifices. Yet Abraham's faith was counted to him for righteousness. And of course, in the, in the big scheme of things, even those that were in sacrifice, it was their faith to do the sacrifice, but they didn't get that. But in Abraham, it was accounted unto him for righteousness because he believed what God had said. Now it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up our Lord Jesus from the dead. It wasn't done just for him. It was done for us, for us to see that when you believe that God can do the impossible, it is counted unto you as righteousness. So many times I think people fall away from the faith or fail in their Christianity because they really don't believe that God can change them. They don't believe that God can overcome their sin. They don't believe that God can raise them from the dead, a new creation. If you don't really believe that he can do it, he's not going to do it. Abraham's faith was a faith that believed that even if he sacrificed his son, he would be brought back from the dead. Scripture tells us that he was willing. He never wavered. And when God had given him this son, this promise, and told him, many nations are going to come forth from this son. Not only was he unable to have children and God gave him the child. Once he gave him the child, he told him, put him on the altar and sacrifice him. Abraham did it obediently. He brought him up. He laid him on the altar. And of course, we all know the story. God stopped him and said, it's okay, you've been faithful. I know you're going to do it. You don't have to do it. It's counted to you for righteousness. But Abraham's faith, the reason he was able to do that so faithfully 
is because God had given him a promise. He had given him a word and he told him, this child will be of your lineage that will bring forth many nations. And so he knew if God promised me this, he is able to bring it about. And even if this child dies, he will raise him from the dead to bring it about. No matter what it takes, God will make this thing happen. He believed in a God of impossibilities. Abraham's faith was a faith that said, even if God has to raise him from the dead, he said, I am fully persuaded that he can do what he promised, even if he's got to bring him back. And then you look at Jesus. Jesus knelt in the garden and prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass me by. He didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to suffer that pain and that suffering. But yet he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Because he believed that what God had promised, he was able to fulfill, even if he had to raise him from the dead to do it. You've got to believe in God enough to know that he can raise people from the dead. Search your heart. Do you really believe these stories or are they just stories? Is it something that you believe? Do you believe that if God told you to go pray for somebody and raise them from the dead, that it would happen? Not in your power, but because God is able. Of course, we can't do it in our power. But God is able. Do you really believe that? Abraham's faith believed that God had promised this and he's going to do it if he's got to bring Isaac back from the dead. Jesus' faith said God promised this, he's going to do it if he's got to bring me back from the dead. There are situations, you know, when daddy was in the hospital the first time and the doctor said he's not going to survive, he's not going to leave the hospital, he's not going to make it through the night, he is dead. The doctors literally told him, you are a dead man, you cannot survive this. I had a friend tell me the other day, she said, you know, when all that happened and I was praying for you, I thought you were in shock. I was like, why? She's like, because you were so calm through the whole thing and so assured. She said, but now I understand that you had a promise. Because God, before all this, had given me a promise of a certain amount of time that he had. And then all of these ministers that had come through for years had given all of these words that all correlated that God was giving a promise that he would be here to see certain things for a certain time and that had not happened. So in that moment, I could be fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to fulfill, even if he had to raise him from the dead to do it. And he pretty much did, because when the doctors are telling you, you are dead, you're not leaving, and then you're back preaching within a few months, God has raised you from the dead. But it's not just that. We all go through situations in our lives. And right now, I know that there are people in this room that are dealing with dead situations. Are you fully persuaded that what God has promised you, he is able to fulfill, even if he has to raise it from the dead? You know, Danny gives his testimony all the time, so it's no secret. Y'all know his past. Well, in his past, when he was running from the Lord and he wasn't living right, we were friends, and God had put me on assignment, tasked to pray for him, to witness to him, give him words, and try to bring it forth. And there were so many times where it looked impossible because he was spiritually dead. But the Lord gave me a word because at one point I was ready. I was like, okay, God, I don't know why you're sending me. He's not listening. It seems to get worse every time. He's getting bitter at me. He's getting mad. I'd rather just wash my hands of it, send somebody else. And God said, but he will be saved. And I'm like, but God, he has free will. He can choose not to listen to what I'm telling him. And he said, but I am telling you because I know the outcome of his free will choices. So I am giving a promise. We have free will. That is true. 
but God exists outside of time. So just because he knows the result of our choices doesn't negate our free will. And if he gives you a promise, their free will is not going to change that promise, though they still have it. He simply knows what the results of it will be. And so he didn't let me off the hook, though I tried. (laughs) And he told me, and it got more and more and more and more impossible. The point of the matter is, is that God had given a promise. So though it seemed impossible, and many people said it is impossible, I was like, no, but God told me this. And I was fully persuaded that that which he had promised, he was able to perform. And for that, he brought him back to life. Even if he had to raise him from the dead spiritually, and he did. You know, there's a lot of people that we pray with, they're dealing with relationships and dead marriages and but God gave me a promise but then man it seems like it's just getting worse and worse well are you fully persuaded that that which he promised he is able to perform even if he's got to bring that relationship back from the dead because maybe that's what he's waiting for maybe he's waiting for Abraham's faith to arise if God spoke it now I'm talking about you went to the Lord in prayer and he spoke something to your heart you have a promise are you fully persuaded that no matter how bad it looks, he can bring that promise about. I'm not talking about, I want this to happen, so I'm just going to believe hard enough and it's going to happen. That's not how it works. Did he give you a promise? His scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith, like Abraham, remember Abraham heard something. He had a promise. He got a word from the Lord. So if you want Abraham's faith, you need to get on your knees, get in prayer and get a word from the Lord. Because once you have that promise, you can be fully persuaded that he will be able to fulfill it. We can't make him fulfill our will. So we can sit there and pray for months and years and waste a lot of time telling him what to do and saying, God, I want this done. Please do this. Please do this. And we will never have the faith to walk that out because it might not happen. But if you hear a word from the Lord. If you take the time to get on your knees and say, God, tell me what to do about this situation. What are you going to do? And what do you need me to do in this situation? Get that promise because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you can be fully persuaded and believe. Because though he gives you a word, it might not come in that season. It might take a lot of seasons until you come to that point where you are fully persuaded. You ever notice how when God gives you a promise or a word, you're excited and you think it's going to happen right away. And then it gets further away. It dies a little more. It gets a little worse. And then your faith dies a little bit. And then he'll give you some more words to encourage you. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's still telling me that. And you get excited. And then it gets a little further away. And it seems more impossible. And your faith dies. And then he sends you some more words. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this has been going on for 10 years. Well, it's because he's trying to get you to that point where you are fully persuaded. You're not persuaded yet. If he's still sending you the confirmation and the words, but it hasn't happened, it's because you're not persuaded yet. He's waiting for, for you to be fully persuaded. I am fully persuaded that I will rule and reign with Christ if he's got to raise me from the dead to do it. Because isn't that what scripture says? That you'll be raised with Christ. To be saved and victorious, to have Abraham's faith, the kind of faith that is counted as righteousness, You have to believe that he can raise you from the dead. Doesn't scripture say that old things are passed away? 
and all things become new. When you get saved, what is passed away? What do we say when somebody dies and they passed away? You have to believe that who you are can die and God can raise you a new creature. You have to be, to have Abraham's faith, you have to believe what Abraham believed. He was fully persuaded what God had promised he could do, even if he had to raise Isaac from the dead to do it. You want to be saved and walk victoriously in your salvation and have a lasting salvation? You need to be fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able to do, even if he's got to raise you from the dead to do it. In other words, even if your whole being, all that you are, has to die and he makes you a whole new person, do you believe, are you fully persuaded that he can do that? Because when you come to that point where you truly believe that he can, that's when he will. The problem is a lot of times we believe we can. And that's where the law comes in. The law was just there to show us that we can't. So that we're willing to die. That's why he says, take up your cross daily and follow me. What is your cross? It's, your, it's sacrificing your flesh. It's dying. He's saying when you're willing to die to yourself daily and let me raise you up something completely new, then you can follow me. Are you fully persuaded? You know, when we were kids, we'd go to church camp and there's not a lot of hellfire preaching anymore. It's something that the modern church has kind of prevented and kept away. You don't hear a lot of preaching about hell. But when we were kids, those old preachers, they preached a lot about hell. We were fully persuaded that if we left that service, we would probably die and go to hell. And you know what? We all got saved. The reality is that there is a hell. There is a punishment and a judgment for our sin. We are fallen creatures, and just like all fallen creatures, we are already damned to our punishment. And I am fully persuaded that hell is real, because every once in a while you see little glimpses of it on earth. How much worse is it there? I am fully persuaded that God gave us a promise. You know, one of the downfalls of the Jewish people was that for all of these thousands of years, God had given them a word. He spoke to them. He gave them a promise, a promise of the coming Messiah. He told them everything that would happen. But they didn't believe. They weren't fully persuaded that Jesus was the Son of God and that God could do what he had promised, even if he had to raise Jesus from the dead to do it. So for them, it was not counted as righteousness. But for those that believed, it was. That's why Abraham was our example. If we would simply believe that God is so powerful that he can literally raise someone from the dead if that's what it takes to do what he said he would do. We would start seeking him for miracles. We would say, God, what do you want to do in this person's life? What do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do in this dead neighborhood? Because I want to be there when you bring it back to life. What do you want to do in this dead church? Because I want to be there when you raise it back to life. Get that word, that promise, and believe. Be fully persuaded. I want to be involved in the life of this person who is spiritually dead because you are going to bring them back to life because you have given me that promise. We want to be part of history. We've got to be part of his story because all of history is his story. Are you fully persuaded? When you come to Jesus and he tells you, I can save you, I can keep you from temptation, I can keep you from sin, do you really believe that he can? Are you fully persuaded? And if you're not there yet, get on your knees, talk to God, and get a word.
because you need faith. You cannot be saved because being saved is being saved by grace through faith. We won't receive his power to be able to do it, to stay abstain from sin unless we have faith. And we don't have faith unless we're fully persuaded that he can do it. So if you're not yet fully persuaded, get on your knees and cry out to God and say, God, show me. Speak to me. Give me a word. Give me a promise so that you can see it play out and your faith might be built. Don't get down there and say, God, fix it, fix it, fix it. God, save them, save them, save them. God, change it, change it, change it. Get down there and say, God, show me, tell me, speak to me. I need to know what to do receive, receive, receive. We pour out, but we don't receive. Receive and believe what he gives you. Go to Romans 10 verse 9. But if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh Uh-oh, there's a key there. Not only do you have to proclaim that you're a Christian, not only do you have to say and go through the motions, but you got to believe in your heart. Not just believe that God is real or that Jesus is real. Do you believe that God was able to raise him from the dead? Because the power comes down to really believing that he is powerful enough to raise somebody from the dead to achieve his goals if that's what he needs to do. Continuing on, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. It starts in the heart. You can't confess first and believe later you're not actually saved. You have to believe first and then confess what you believe. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. If God gives you a promise, if he has given you a promise and you've not seen it come forth, be fully persuaded he will do what he has to do. Because if you put your trust in the Lord, you will not be ashamed. He will bring it about. He's just waiting for you to be fully persuaded that he can. Those that put their trust in the Lord, it says in another scripture, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the same shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him? in whom they have not believed. You can't call upon the Lord if you haven't truly believed. How shall they believe of whom they have not heard? Because why? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's why y'all listen to us run our mouths. (laughs) And how shall they preach except they be sent? You know, there's a lot of people preaching that weren't actually sent and that's why it's so boring and dead and you never get anything out of it and you just want to take a nap. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elias saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he says, though he did send, They did hear, they didn't all believe. So just because you hear the word, you receive the word, and you say the word, it doesn't mean you're saved. You have to truly believe the word. And when you believe it, then faith comes. And when faith comes, then grace can come. And when grace comes, you get the power to walk in victory and overcome temptation and do good works. But it all starts 
with faith. And this is how faith brings you to salvation. And there's a lack of faith because there's a lack of people seeking the Lord to hear a word or believing what is in his word. You know, Leonard Ravenhill said one, that one day somebody's going to pick up the Bible and simply believe it, and they're going to change the world. He said, we spend a lot of time explaining the Bible and very little time believing it. And that's the truth. If he said it, I believe it. If it looks impossible, oh well. He'll bring that dead situation to life. He's done it before. He'll do it again. There is a hopelessness in the person that didn't understand why they couldn't do it, that wants to be saved, that wants salvation, but thinks it didn't work last time, it won't work again, there's something wrong with me, I'm doing something wrong, it can't happen. Or if you are saved, wondering why am I going round and around and around in this situation, it's getting more and more and more hopeless. And the question is, are you fully persuaded? Ask yourself today, are you fully persuaded? And I'll ask you this, they used to tell us this a lot when we were kids at church camp, and, you know, nowadays most churches would say, oh, that's fear-mongering, don't do that. But it's a reality because the fear of the Lord brings wisdom. And the Bible says that some you save through compassion and some save through fear if it's required, saving them even from hell's fire. Amen. Are you fully persuaded that if you leave here today and die in a wreck, that you would go to heaven? Are you fully persuaded? Because if you don't know that you're saved, you're not saved. Because you have to be fully persuaded to have faith, to receive grace, to have salvation. If you don't know you're saved, you're not. And you need to come to these altars and say, Lord, save me. And if you don't think you have the faith to do it, say, God, show me. I want to be saved. Do what needs to be done that I can be fully persuaded that you can take a wretch like me. That you can take somebody like Paul who killed Christians and turn him into the greatest soul winner the world has ever known? Are you fully persuaded that he can take you out of your slum and out of your situation and set you a king before men? Are you fully persuaded that he can take a little backwoods church in the middle of nowhere on the river and put their faces before the world? Are you fully persuaded that he can take a dead situation, bring it back to life, or take your dead soul and give you new life? Are you fully persuaded. If you're not fully persuaded that if you died, you would go to heaven, you need to get to these altars because nobody is promised tomorrow. But if you are and you know that you're saved, think of those situations, those promises that God has given you for that loved one, for that relationship, for that ministry, for whatever it is that he has spoken to you, not stuff we've said, God, I want, I want, but stuff he has put in your heart and gave you that promise. And it seems like it's dead. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And come and say, God, fully persuade me. You've shown me, you've given me word time and time again, and I don't think I've believed it because I'm not fully persuaded. Because when you come to that place where you are fully persuaded that he will do what he promised, you will have Abraham's faith and you will see miracles. And without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So my prayer is, God, I want to please you. Give me Abraham's faith. And if you've got to take me through the ringers to fully persuade me of this, do what you got to do. I need to be fully persuaded, and I need to believe that you can do what you said you would do no matter what, and he will do it. 
He's just waiting for you to be fully persuaded. So if you don't have a promise from the Lord on something you've been praying about, you've just been talking to Him, you've been praying to Him, you've been saying what you want done, but you've never heard from Him, you need to get to the altars too and say, God, what do you want to tell me about this situation? I need to hear a word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and I don't have faith for this situation because I haven't listened to you. Give me a word. I need to hear from you so that I can be persuaded that you're going to do this thing. Proverbs 4.37 says, 4-7, And he taught me also, and saith unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, and get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. God already understands the situation. He understands the wretchedness of our heart. He understands the brokenness of the relationship. He understands. It's us that doesn't understand. And we're trying to tell Him what needs to be done and we don't understand. He says, with all thy getting, get understanding. How can we get understanding? We've got to go to Him. We've got to say, God, I don't understand. I need a word. I need to hear from you. And when we hear, we need to believe and be fully persuaded that He will do it. And He will. This is the key to unlocking faith for breakthrough and change in your walk, in your salvation, in your life, in your prayer life, in all of those things that you've been praying for and not seeing it get better, but yet only worse. He's just waiting for us to hear from Him and believe.